Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. After her two grown kids moved out, Janet Nast found herself answering a lot of questions about, well, adulting, for lack of better term, not only from her kids, but also from her kids' friends. She eventually chose to write a book called Shifting to the Business of Life, a survival guide for young adults, and has now taken the lessons from that book and turned them into a series of online courses. She's on the line to tell us more. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Janet, start by telling us how this project got started. Well, the whole thing, as you mentioned it uh, briefly there, is it got down to my kids asking me a lot of questions. And then their friends were asking the same question. And I guess the final straw, per se, was when my son's best friend actually moved in with us for about a year and a half. And he started, again, asking a lot of the same questions. So I just got tired of repeating myself. And at that point, I finally decided to write it all down for him, which is where the book came from, Shifting to the Business of Life. Uh, But then last year, my tech support guy and my really good friend, Dick News, he got this bright idea of turning the book into online courses. He said, well, most kids and parents are more likely to take classes on their smartphone. I agreed it was a great idea. So it took me a while to build the website, but I finally got it all online in January this year. It's been pretty cool, and I'm pretty excited to have it all up and running finally. What are some of the courses you offer? Well, I offer things like the importance of reading contracts, courses on jury duty, you know, showing up for jury duty, preparing for a job interview, all the aspects of paying taxes, things about banking, interest rates, getting apartments or even homes, or even a bit about getting married and divorces. What makes your business of life skills courses different from any other life skills courses? Well, well, most life skills courses, they talk about how to perform a task per se, such as preparing meals or writing a resume. I get more into teaching how situational processes work. Processes such as going through jury duty, starting with how the heck you even get chosen for that. Boy, that's a mystery, isn't it? The process of buying a car, starting with getting a better loan, understanding the importance of interest rates, learning how your insurance is affected by the type of car you buy. And then there's a lot more to the process of moving out and actually living with someone than you would think. So these courses are like a snapshot of all the legal and financial situations and processes that you'll probably be going through between the time you turn 18 and the time you retire. Who do you think can benefit the most from these courses? Uh, Honestly, I think everybody could benefit from them. But (laughs) that said, my main goal is reaching out to teens and young adults. So that would include high school students. That would include foster kids who are about to age out of the system. 
all military personnel, whether they're currently still enlisted or they've recently separated, and especially young adults in the workplace. I mean, if your employer or company has an EAP program, I can be brought in to partner with that program as well. What are some of the courses you'd recommend? Well, this time of year, with kids out of school for the summer, I'm thinking they might be trying to figure out how to deal with a couple of the more immediate issues, such as getting a job and then probably getting their first apartment. And that can be expensive, and it can also be tricky when you're talking about getting roommates. So we'll start off with the topic of getting a job. So it's always nice if you have an understanding of some of the most commonly used terms when you're looking for a job, such as things like full-time versus part-time, the difference between hourly pay and a salary, putting in job applications versus submitting a resume, then there's gross pay versus net pay. took me a long time to understand that one. And then what do the word benefits mean? And then from there, oh, the most important thing, I think, (laughs) one of the most important things is being aware of how your Facebook and your Twitter post or any social media for that matter can affect whether or not you even get hired. And I sure hope everyone is aware of how critical this is. As a former hiring manager myself, I can tell you, yes, I used to look up all my applicant social media accounts. And honestly, if if I saw something kind of weird on there, their application or their resume went right in the trash. One of the other things that's pretty important is how you dress for an interview. And I'll just share two tips really quick. Uh, these were always beat into my head when I was growing up, and they still applied to my son when he separated from the Marine Corps, and then my daughter when she applied for her first job in high school. The first one is you never get a second chance to make a good first impression. You really have to think that one through, right? A good first impression. You never get a second chance to make a good first impression. And then, second thing, it's always better to be overdressed than underdressed. And I don't mean sequins and glitter in your best party dress. What I mean is keep it simple. If you stay on the conservative side, you'll always be seen in a positive light. And I know there's some exceptions based on the type of job you're applying for, but these two tips could really get you through most situations. Speaking of moving out, what advice would you give to teens moving out or young members of the military moving off base and getting their first apartment? Well, the biggest thing there is to think with your head and not your heart. That is so hard to do. I mean, so many of us get so caught up in the excitement of either moving out or the romance of falling in love and moving in together that we completely overlook the nuts and bolts of what any of those situations really entail. And what I mean by that is the day-to-day living together and the legal sides of it. These things are important for roommate situations as well as romantic partners. So as far as day-to-day living situations, that would include things like, do we have the same cleanliness habits? I mean, are you a slob and your partner is OCD? That could be a problem. Do we both want or have pets? And would it be cats, dogs, birds, whatever? Who's going to clean up after them? Then you also have to figure out, you know, the kitchen situation. Who's going to do the cleaning? Who's going to do the cooking, the grocery shopping? And are you going to organize your cabinets, your refrigerator with name tags and things like that? For more serious relationships, couples should be talking about lifelong issues such as do we want kids or not? And honestly, I've had a lot of friends who have had these arguments where she wants them and he doesn't. People don't change. So you really need to talk about these things and consider them. The other thing is whether you want a house with a nice yard or just a condo. 
maybe somebody likes gardening and somebody doesn't who's going to mow the lawn if they don't like doing it. So that's a big issue. Where you want to live, city living, country living, financial issues. Maybe one of you is a big spender and one of you loves to save and pinch a penny. You got to talk about these things. And then you throw in all the legal sides of these possible living under the same roof situations, whether it's roommates, romance, getting married, there's legally binding contracts involved, such as the rental agreement. And then, you know, if you get married, it's the, the marriage license. And I know it's hard, but everybody really needs to set aside the excitement of moving out or getting married and think with their heads and not just their hearts, which, of course, leads into the importance of reading contracts, another good business a life skills lesson. Give us some tips about contracts. Oh, yeah. My first bit of advice is to read every single contract. Second tip, don't be afraid to ask questions. I can't believe how many times I've gone in to buy a car or even a piece of furniture and somebody tells me, it's a standard contract. No need to read it. Just sign here. Well, yeah, it might be standard for you. But I've never seen it before, so of course I'm going to read it. And if somebody tries to rush you through the contract, there's probably something in there you're not going to be aware of, like how long you're committed to making payments, whether it's rent or a car or a piece of furniture. And if it's rent, what happens if you move out before that time is up that's specified on the contract? Are there going to be fees that you have to pay up front or when you don't follow a rule or when you move out too soon? And, oh, there are probably rules if you're going to be renting a house or a condo. I mean, if that house or condo is located in an area with a homeowners association, there's a big set of rules called CCNRs. That's called Covenants, Conditions, and Restrictions. You need to ask your landlord about these things. Then you throw out a romantic partner into the scenario, and that's when your emotions come into play, of course, and you overlook a few things like, hmm, suppose you break up. Now, who's going to move out? And who's going to pay the rest of the rent if there's a contract that said you had to pay for a year? Suppose you both want to leave, and there's eight months left on that contract. What happens there? Hey, guess what? <laughs> Someone has to pay the rent for the last eight months, and the landlord's going to push it. That's one lesson I learned the hard way, too. And I don't mean to discourage anyone. I just want everyone to be aware of what they're getting into. Moving out and living with somebody, even if it's just a roommate situation, is serious. You throw a marriage into it, and it's more serious because there are more ways your money can get tied to each other, starting with that marriage license and moving out and getting into these types of contracts. Besides dressing professionally, do you have any suggestions on how to handle yourself in a job interview? Yes, I do, actually. I have a whole list of do's and don'ts on the employment lesson online, but here's the short version. Bring pen and paper. And I know that sounds old school, but the second tip is you really need to turn off your cell phone in the interview because you don't need your friends texting you and you all being distracted by the phone ringing or something. So you can't necessarily use that for notes, I don't think. So bring a pen and paper to take notes in that interview. Turn off that cell phone, like I said. And then also be sure to bring your ID and your Social Security card. You never know if somebody is going to offer you a job right then and there, and you have to fill out an application. Oh, yeah, which means bring a copy of your resume or it lists your job experiences. Because 
I can't tell you how many times I've put in a resume for a job and I get in there in the interview, they offer me the job, which is great, but then they say, oh, well, can you fill out this application? And you look at it and think, seriously, isn't that all on my resume? But no, evidently, a lot of companies need to put their records for some reason. So you bring that stuff with you. The other thing you can do to prepare is be ready to answer the question of, why do you want to work here? Every employer is going to ask you that. So some of the good answers you might have would have to do with, hey, you've heard good things about the company and you've heard about great opportunities that you feel this company has to offer. You might even be prepared to talk about skills that you have that would be valuable to this company, such as presentation skills or specific computer skills. Whatever you do, don't bring up politics or religion. If they bring them up, do your best to avoid or sidestep these types of questions. Unless, of course, you're applying for a job at the church or a political candidate. But that's where you have to do some homework before the interview so you know what you're getting into. Look these companies up online. Find out, you know, a little bit about their culture. A lot of times they have pictures of how people are dressed so you get a feel for that. Yeah, do that homework ahead of time so you're really, really prepared. I'm speaking with Janet Nast, author of Shifting to the Business of Life, a survival guide for young adults, which is now available as an online course. What qualifies you to teach these classes? Well, (laughs) that's always a fun one. I would say, honestly, that's just my personal experience. And a lot of people say, well, how did you have that much personal experience? And you're right. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a financial advisor. Although, because I'm not those things, I've started adding those things, those professional resources to my site. That said, I have been gainfully employed with various companies for almost 40 years now. I bought and leased a bunch of vehicles. I've had to pay off some leases because (laughs) I didn't know how that worked. I've rented, I've leased, and I bought a few condos, a few houses. I've had a boatload of roommates. I've been a landlord. I've raised two children as a single parent. Um, my kids and I were homeless once. That was a wonderful experience. Not. I've been in divorce three times and I've been married four times. So with that kind of crazy life experience, you can bet the material I teach in these courses paints a really accurate picture of how these processes work. Share with us a life lesson that you learned the hard way. Oh, yeah. Tough choice to pick just one. Let's see. I would say it's the whole thing about marriage being a legally binding financial agreement. While going through my first divorce, I learned these couple of things the hard way. For instance, I lost half my savings account because I didn't realize that since his name was on the account, he was entitled to half of what I had saved. Hey, I was 19 when we got married, and I thought that if you got married, there was some law that said your husband had to be on all your accounts. Well, heck, of course, he had a separate savings account that I wasn't on. So in addition to taking half of mine, he got to keep all of that because I didn't find out about it until after the fact. Then we also opened up a few credit cards together when we first got married. Again, I thought I was so grown up. I had no idea the legal implications of that. Right up until he ran up the balances after I moved out. So guess who was responsible for half of those balances? That would be me. So those were some pretty rotten things I had to learn the hard way. I had no idea. I really didn't see it coming. But you can bet I've made sure... I going to let that happen again. And it hasn't. What kind of feedback are you getting from the people who have taken these courses? Oh, my God. So much fun. So far, the best opportunity I've had was when I was invited to teach in our local high school this past spring. 
first of all, the kids were grateful that I showed up in their small town. I guess a lot of presenters who are invited, they just kind of call it in now because that became normal over the last few years. But from there, I was shocked to hear that the students were most interested in learning about retirement. I mean, these kids were teenagers, 16, 17, 18 years old. I was stunned. But they were so curious about it. And then they all loved when I asked questions. I was happy to share my mistakes and my regrets and let them know that life wasn't all rosy and full of sunshine for me either. They loved hearing about my kids and how my kids had to deal with a lot of the same things that they're going to have to face now. I wasn't making things up. I wasn't coming from this all grown up adult point of view where everything was perfect. I made all this stuff seem more real to them. The most priceless moment was when their teacher said, oh, I didn't know that. When I was talking about insurance and payroll deductions, the kids loved the irony in that. I mean, I'm glad Ms. Below's learned a few things too. And again, it made her seem more human to the kids, I guess. But what they really liked with it, basically, was that even as adults, we don't know everything. And we've all had our struggles, just like they will. So teaching these courses has really been a blast for me, and I guess for the kids as well. We always just have so much fun. What are the most important takeaways from these courses? I have three of them. The first thing is read everything before you sign it. As I said before, don't let anybody tell you it's a standard contract and try to push you into it without reading it. Then don't ever be afraid to ask questions. My husband always gets on me this about this because I ask a lot of questions. But I don't care how many hours a salesperson spends with you. Until you sign a piece of paper, there is no law against asking questions. The interesting thing about that is I've noticed that sometimes the person who's trying to sell me something, they don't know the answers to my questions. That's an aha moment. I mean, just knowing that not there's no one person, I guess, who knows everything about everything, even when they say they're experts, those that insist that they do, well, those are the ones I've learned to watch out for. Which takes me to tip number three, you can always walk away. If you don't understand something or you just don't like the answers that you're getting from this person, you can walk away. There is no unwritten rule or law against doing that. And then you go, you look things up, you talk to other professionals, loan officers, real estate agents, bookkeepers, whatever, and you find the answers that you need. So basically, taking these business life skills courses may not make you or your teens an expert in any one area, but keeping these three tips in mind are most likely to give you and your kids the confidence that you and them need to make good, well-informed decisions. And that's a huge step toward becoming independent, responsible, and successful young adults. You mentioned that you recently did a presentation at your local high school. Are you available to go to other schools, companies, or even military bases to do these presentations in person? Oh, yeah. I love presenting in person. I mean, I do Zoom classes, and I do them over the phone, too. And, of course, there's the online classes. But I love going in person. And if anybody wants to know how to get me there... Go to my website, businesslifeskills.com, and you click on the link at the top to schedule a class with Jan. Or you can email me directly. That would be jan at businesslifeskills.com. And remember, for those who prefer reading, all the course material is also available in the book, Shifting to the Business of Life. And the author is me, Janet M. Mass. And it's available on amazon.com and my website, a shameless plug. Yes. (laughs) So, but basically my website click on schedule a class with Jan. I've been speaking with Janet Nast, author of Shifting to the Business of Life, a survival guide for young adults, which is now available as a series of online classes. Any last thoughts for us? I don't really have 
a whole lot to say other than just to reiterate those last three tips. Always read your contract. Don't ever be afraid to ask questions. And don't ever be afraid to walk away. There are no laws against doing any one of these things. And don't let anybody tell you anything different. Thank you so much for talking with us today. And thank you for teaching us how to adult. Oh, you're very welcome. It was an honor to be talking with you today. I really appreciate it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.